0: Well, join me as we uh, open in a word of prayer here. Lord, just thank you again for just a beautiful day. Thank you that we get to be here and fellowship with other believers and come together to worship you and just be reminded once again of your greatness. And we just praise you for, for that and for the gifts that you give us so freely. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's been uh, on my heart lately is the, uh, I guess the, not the idea, but the practice of gratefulness and giving thanks. The given profession I do, farming, there's a lot of things you can't control. And I don't know, sometimes it just kind of gets wears on you. This stuff seems like kind of piling. And so different books that I've written just brought it to my mind of the action of just giving thanks having thanks in your heart, and expressing it, how good it is to do that for us. And you do not have to look very far in the Bible to find many examples, commands, whatever, to give thanks. So I'm going to read some of that today, this morning. So, yeah, this is something that I am I'm endeavoring to be better at and, and, and get the blessings from it myself. Um, start out with Psalms 118, verse 1. It says, Oh give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then in Ephesians 5, 15 through 20, Apostle Paul says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as wise, unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this reminded me of, of the ongoing, continual thing. It's, it's, you're, you should be in a continual state of gratitude. It's not just an event. It's, a, it's a, like I say, it's, for me, it's kind of a mindset of in, internally and then actively expressing it. In First Thessalonians, Paul again mentions very specifically about that. First Thess- Thess- Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Once again, all circumstances a I thing. it's kind of the same thing. It's just been, been reminding me of it's an outlook, it's an attitude that we should adopt. And it's next in Psalms, I think, kind of starts shifting kind of the, I guess, not the reason why exactly, but why it's so beneficial to us. I think it kind of points to it. Psalms 69, verse 30 and 31. I will praise the name of the Lord with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hooves. So I think that action of thanksgiving and praise, it magnifies God. It reminds us who God is, and that's the real to me the benefit to us is it relieves us. I feel it relieves us of our anxiety, our stress, because it puts our focus back on God where it Needs to be off of ourselves. And we're just, I was reading a different, different book, Neuroscience even proves, which n- not surprising to the Bible, that heart of gratitude, attitude of gratitude, literally impacts brain chemistry and changes how you think. So these these commands in the Bible are for us. They're, they're commands given to us by God and therefore our benefit, for our physical benefit. I mean, our spiritual benefit, for sure, and even science proves, therefore, a physical benefit as well. So I just encourage you guys this morning, as, you, as we enter into worship and as you're interacting with others, just come and, and go through the a- action. Sometimes sometimes I don't think you always feel it, but just going through that action of expressing it and getting it out there and and, and making it real and making it internal is very beneficial. So invite the worship team up, and we'll pray and uh, enter into worship here. Lord, thank you so much once again. We just praise you. Thank you for all that you do for us. Just ask that we would be relieved of our burdens today. We'd be focused on you, and just be encouraged and blessed by our time together. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Thank Thank you, you, Isaac. (coughs) Would you stand and worship with us as we give thanks through worship?
2: see. So how... You're good.
3: There's someone out there this morning that just feels blessed. The goodness of God. What has He blessed you with today? Shout it out. so good to us. We don't deserve it. But you're good anyway. God, thank you that we can call you Father. That you're a good Father. faithful to me God there's no doubt in high times and low times in the in between times you've always been good God I want to pray specifically for people here today that maybe aren't feeling that 100% maybe they're feeling like they've been beat up today God, I pray that you would draw close to them today, that they would feel your love, your peace, your goodness. You're a father to the fatherless. You're a comforter to those that don't have any. If you're not feeling it here today, I'm reminded of what what Isaac said in opening. Sing it. Praise it. Maybe you're not feeling it, but the action brings the feeling. God, we praise you here today. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for who you are, for being constant. God, thank you that we can come here this morning and worship you and give you praise. God, we pray that you would bless the remainder of this service, that your name would be continually lifted high here today in our week, and that we could see plainly all around us your goodness this week, God. Open our eyes to see it. Thank you for who you are.
0: Lord, just thank you for... uh... Pastor Jason, and we just lift him up this morning. May your word be strong through him this morning. Thank you. Amen.
4: Thank you, Isaac. Good morning. It's good to be here this morning. My voice is holding out, but it's about the time of year that it seems like I get a cold, and that's what leaves. So hang on to that mic for a second because I'm going to have somebody read the passage for me this morning and at least save my voice for that part. But I do want to, before I get started, I do want to say, um, if you get a chance, no, let me rephrase that. I want you to take the opportunity and make time to go see that movie, The Sound of Freedom. It's not an easy watch, Isaac. It's not, but it's very, very powerful in what it portrays. It's really hard to watch. And in the movie, they, <clears throat> they have just freed a whole bunch of kids and the kids are laughing and they're having fun and they're playing and the two actors or the two people are standing next to each other and one of them says, do you hear that? He said, that's the sound of freedom. <clears throat> that's freedom that those kids didn't have. So don't take the kids that we have here for granted because they have a very special thing when they have two parents that love them and care for them. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 37. Will you give that mic to Brian? Brian, would you read that for me, please? Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 37.
5: 23 through 37 I guess I could read it on the screen huh Um, and being let go they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them so when they heard it they raised their voice to God with one accord and said Lord you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David have said Why did the heathen rage, and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and all the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand, your purpose determined before to be done, now lord look on their threats and grant to you your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of the, your holy servant jesus and when they had prayed the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul neither did anyone say that any of these things he possessed was his own but they had all things in common and with great power the Apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet.
4: Thank you, Brian. Father, thank you for your word. I just pray that you would open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive what you have for us this morning. Amen. So last week we talked about Peter and John being in prison, and they couldn't find any reason to keep them there because the person that was healed, thank you, Jack, The person that was healed was there walking and talking, and everybody knew who he was, and he was they couldn't argue with the fact that he had been healed. So this is where we're picking up. They've left. They've been released um, because this guy was still there walking with them. So now, uh, after Peter and John are released, if you remember, if you look back at Jesus' trial, they couldn't really find any reason to keep him either. There was no reason to hold him either. They did because that was what was supposed to happen. But he, there was no reason there either. It's just an interesting... But Peter and John are released. They go back to their own companions, and they're reporting everything that happened. They're telling everything that happened. This was the first thing that they did. They went back, and they gave thanks and praise to God for what happened. Isaac, your opening was very fitting for where we're going. I think everybody's reading ahead where we're going, maybe. I'm not sure. But it's very fitting because this is what they did. The first thing they did was they took the time, they shared it with their companions, and they stopped, and they gave praise and thanks to God. You know, I don't know if you have ever found yourself complaining. I'm sure nobody has, but complaining about little things that are going on and, and, and exa- a very, very simple example for me this week was I was sitting at my desk studying and I had this cold that came on. It could have been from a little bit of lack of sleep over the 4th. I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it, but it might have. But I'm sitting here studying and my head hurts, and my nose is running, and I'm trying to study. And how in the world are you supposed to concentrate when that's happening? And I've all of a sudden realized what it was that I was studying. And I had to stop and I had to say thank you, Lord, for my nose that runs, for my head that hurts. Because I'm still gonna continue doing what you've asked me to do. But thank you. How often do we do that? Is it even possible? Doesn't even enter our mind to do that because that is not what I wanted to do. I don't enjoy having a runny nose. It's just not fun at all. But you know what, that's part of life. We live in a world that's broken, that's part of life, that's going to happen, and what are you going to do with it? You're going to complain, because I did plenty of that, probably. But are you going to complain about it, or are you going to keep going? Or are you going to say, thank you, Lord, in spite of how I feel, I'm going to continue in what you have asked me to do? Where are we at? Here's where Peter and John, they got arrested, they spent the night in jail. But yet when they were released, the first thing that they did was to say thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you. How quickly do we give praise to God? How quickly do we give praise to God? Do we make a practice of praising and thanking God in all things? Same thing that Isaac's saying this morning. Do we make a practice of that? Do we even think about that? Does that even cross our mind to thank God for the things we're going through, good or bad? Seems like when things are going well, we tend to maybe more, be more apt to thank the Lord for the things that are going well. Thank you for the blessings that you've given me. And sometimes when things aren't going so well, maybe we aren't quite so apt to say thank you. Why? Why is that? Is God still God? Is he still alive? Is he still true? Is his word still true? Nothing has changed except for the circumstances we find ourselves in. And these apostles, Peter and John, were going to remember to thank God for what they were going through. How do we view things like this that happened in our lives? If you found yourself, this is, we can't hardly understand this because if they were found themselves sharing the gospel and they found themselves in jail overnight. No, I don't think there's anybody here that's found themselves in jail for sharing the gospel but this is where they were. Do, they, do we see things like this that happen as an inconvenience or a hardship? Or do we see them as an opportunity to honor God? Do we see them as an opportunity to point people to him to breeze, bring praise and honor and glory to our Lord and Savior? How do we look at it? It's all perspective. Is it convenient? No, it wasn't convenient for them to spend the night in jail. But there's a lot of things that happen in our lives that might seem not very convenient. Well, how are we going to handle them? What are we going to do? What's the first thing we're going to do? Complain? Yeah, a lot of times that's what we do. But maybe, what if the first thing we do was to say, Lord, thank you. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why we're going through what we're going through, but thank you. Because I know you have a purpose and I know you have a plan. Thank you. Is that, is that a... Uh, <clears throat> Is that a concept that we can comprehend? Because sometimes that's really hard to understand how that would possibly work. But it does change our mindset. Like we heard this morning, it does change the way we see things and the way we view things. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Is this how we live do we live saying, in everything, give thanks? Can we, could, we, could we say that we live that way? I don't know if I could. I hopefully am getting better at it, but I don't know if I could truly say that. Because in everything, do I always give thanks? No, I don't always. I don't understand or like what I'm going through right now, maybe. But I'm going to thank him for it anyways. That's powerful. And what that also does is let the enemy know that that's not going to get you down. It's not going to get you discouraged. It's not going to get you depressed. Because we're still thanking the Lord for what he's doing. Matthew chapter 6. I want to read this passage because I know that we all tend to worry about different things. Some things that I worry about somebody else might think that's just ridiculous, there's no reason to worry about that. And what you worry about, I might say, well that's dumb, why would you worry about that? You can't control it anyways. Sometimes during the <clears throat> excuse me. Sometimes during the summer or when we have heat like this and then I, you know, we farm apples, and so I get concerned that there might be hail. And my wife says, why do you worry about that? You can't control whether there's hail or not. If it's going to come, it's going to come. Why do we worry about things that we can't change? Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Why do we worry? When scripture, when Jesus here in his own teaching, in his own words, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all of these things that we worry about will be added to us. You see, Peter and John could have been concerned that they got a little slap on the wrist and they got a threat. They got released and they were just told not to preach the gospel again. They could have worried about that. What if we feel like we're supposed to preach again? What's going to happen? I probably would have worried about that. But they weren't. Or it doesn't appear that they did because they knew what they were supposed to do. The Holy Spirit had given them something to share, and that's what they were going to do. Rather than worry, Peter and John were asking God to give them boldness to speak, to heal, and to provide signs and wonders to be done through Jesus' name. Can you imagine? They had just got rebuked and reprimanded for preaching the gospel in the temple. They spent the night in jail. They were released They went back to their people. They thanked God for what had happened. And then they proceed. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They're asking right away again even though we have these threats, even though we're living life and things may not be going quite the way we want, even in spite of all of that, please will you give us the boldness to speak. Give us the ability to heal. Give us the ability to share signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. Where are you at? Where am I at with something like that? Are we worried about what people are going to do? Because our God is in control. Our God knows what's best. He's going to take care of us because this is one of the promises that he gave us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's always going to provide for what we need. What are we worried about? Why do I spend time worrying about anything? Because I'm human and that's what we do. And that affects that, that affects us more than it affects anything else because it doesn't change what's going to happen. But it might change whether I get a cold or not if I've been worrying about something. Could be. So they asked for these things to be done. And when they had prayed, it says, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with Boldness. So here immediately God is answering that prayer. <clears throat> he brings <clears throat> excuse me. He brings the Holy Spirit yet again. He's still there, but he brings it there for more people to have and they begin immediately sharing his word boldly. If we find ourselves in a situation like that, are we going to step out and be willing to share his word boldly? <clears throat> That's something to think about. As we move on to verse 32, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. I'm going to focus on the first part of that verse for just a little bit. It says, The multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Do we know what that looks like? Do we know how to live that way? It seems like today in our world and even in our churches, we tend to focus on the things that we don't agree on. There's certain things that are important and that we stake what we believe on, but then there's other things that really don't matter and the people here the way when the church was starting here it says that they were of one heart and of one soul you go back to Matthew it says but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you they were seeking first the kingdom of god there's a couple of verses that I want to read they were living in unity what a concept to live in unity. Romans chapter fifteen, verses five and six. <clears throat> now many. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I like how it says that you may with one mind and one mouth. Glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ because sometimes we think that we need to be right. <clears throat> the w- oh boy. The way that when we have an opinion or something that we think or it, or it maybe isn't even something that's a conviction of ours, it's just something that we think we don't get along with people because they don't think the same way. You know how poor of a witness that is? It's terrible. Absolutely ridiculous. Because people are watching how we operate. People are watching how we get along, and if we don't get along based on some little thing, that doesn't matter. That is not setting a very good example. So to be uh, that you may with one mind and one mouth what are we really trying to do we're trying to glorify god right isn't that ultimately what our purpose is to glorify god to share his love with others that's the purpose that we're here for and i think we can all agree on that and if we can focus and continue on that imagine the witness that we're going to put forth then that we're going to the example that we're going to set then philippians chapter 1 and verse 27 Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I am there or whether I'm not, I can hear from other people that you've been living for Christ. Are we living with one mind and one soul? That's sometimes very difficult to do. First Peter chapter three, verses eight and nine. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Be of one mind, having compassion. Does it mean that we have to accept that anything is okay? Does it mean that we have to accept that any other thing that people believe is okay? No, because we're not changing, we're not going to go against what scripture says. Because the Bible still says that there's only one way to get to heaven. And that's through the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. That doesn't change. But man, let's stop fighting about the things that don't matter. It's not worth it. It isn't worth it. It doesn't set an example that people want to follow. It doesn't create an atmosphere that people want to be a part of. Let's focus on what's important, and let's not focus on the things that don't matter. What does it look like to be of one heart and one soul? This is where the people were. It's really interesting in Acts because it said that they had everything, they had all things in common. Are we supposed to sell everything we have and give it to the church? No, I don't think that's what it's saying to do. That's what some of what was happening here, and next week we're going to see how that got somebody else in trouble. Maybe a little more than trouble. But I think he's talking about being generous. There was nobody in the church here that had anything that they needed. They had what they needed. God was blessing them. They were living with one mind and one soul, and God was blessing that. And people were bringing what they had. They were bringing what they had to offer. It specifically talks here about selling the property they had and giving it to the church, but we can bring the gifts that we have. We can bring the things that we know how to do and we can offer it. This Mirror Ministries that we've been talking about uh, that people have been volunteering at. You know how to put together furniture? That's what was being done. We were over there one time helping put up Corral. You just bring the experience and you bring your gifts to use. This is what Peter and John were doing. They weren't eloquent speakers. They weren't well studied. They never went to school to do any of this, but they just brought what they had. And then they asked God, they said, when these difficult times come, will you please give us the boldness to share your love with people? Are we willing to do that today? Are we facing difficult times? No, not really. The things that we might consider difficult right now are are kind of petty, actually. But if times come that do get difficult, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to worry? I think also what it's talking about a little bit is that recognizing that everything we have is God's. And he has allowed us to be stewards of what we have been given. It all belongs to God. We don't take any of it with us when we leave. We didn't bring any of it with us when we were born. It's all gonna stay here. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. Everybody was taken care of. Now, a situation like this, if you get the wrong person come in, could be abused very easily. I don't know how long they were able to keep doing this. Because you get the wrong person and they take advantage of it and it ruins everything, which is the broken world that we live in. Is that right? But what's the church's job but to help people in need? I think I still think that's what the church's job is, is to help people. This mindset that they had of bringing everything they had and giving it to the apostles to help the church gave them great witness. It gave them, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? It gave them the, the ability to witness to people because people could see that they were not only saying, they were also doing what they were saying. It gave them a powerful way to share the gospel because they were not only saying these things, they were living them. And that's so important because we can say anything that we want to say, but if we don't live what we say, nobody's going to believe it. And this is what the apostles here were doing, is they were living what they believed. They were living what they're saying. I'm going to end with this. Life is not about building our own individual empires. Life is about building God's kingdom. Life is not about building our own individual empires. Life is about building God's kingdom. What are we focused on? What are we focused on? These apostles, Peter and John, right here, said, When these troubles come, please give us the boldness to speak. Don't worry about what anybody else says. Don't worry about what might happen to you. Just give us the boldness to speak. Are we building God's kingdom? Or are we so concerned about our own empire that we're trying to establish here? What is it? Where is our focus? Tony's going to come and sing a song for us. We're going to pray as he's coming up here. But the couple of things is, why do we worry? Why do we worry? Can we learn to live life without worrying? If you figure out how totally to do that, would you let me know? Because I don't have it figured out. And the other thing, let's live what we say. Not just to say it, but also to do it. Father, thank you for your love this morning. Lord, I pray that you would help us to live the things that we say. To live the things that we believe. And Lord, help us to put any worry or concern that we have to lay it at your feet. To let you be in charge and that we can seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. We love you this morning. We just pray that you would guide the rest of our day and the events of the afternoon. In your name we pray, amen.
1: Testing. (laughs) Yesterday was a horrible day for me. I enjoy singing. And yet, I felt so discouraged yesterday, as I was weeping. And I'm saying, God, what is going on? I I don't understand. And fear just came over me. And I'm thinking, I can't can't do this. It was so awkward, because I've done this before. So I went to sleep, and I woke up this morning, and God said, Joy will come in the morning. Here I am. Let me tell you, why we're attacked sometimes, I don't know. All I know is that, like the pastor was saying, what is it that we live for? Do we live to try to make money, go up the corporate ladder? I'm just singing. It's nothing big, you know, but it is to some people. So I just wanted to share that and Uh, If you're struggling with something, take it to God. I mean, I've never struggled. I I enjoy it. People have asked me, can you sing? And just like that, I do it. But yesterday was awkward. And I guess it goes to show you, I'm human. I am human. I'm not Superman. Things can attack us, and we need to walk in the spirit, and we shall not fulfill the things of the flesh. So here we go.
6: go by a heavy burden Beat alone of guilt and shame Then the hand of Jesus touched me He touched me Oh He touched me And oh The joy That floods my soul Something Happened And now I met this blessed Savior.